Hallelujah. Wow. Praise the Lord. You know, some people uh, get offended when someone is introduced to the platform and people stand and clap. That's why we do it. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> you see, there's a difference when someone is narcissistic or a controller, a dictator, and they want that. And they force the people to do that. In our family here, in our heart, is out of a culture of honor. I don't actually deserve any celebration. I, I'm a man walking this earth, doing the best I can to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bye-bye. Yeah. We call it the River Jordan because our well water has a brownish tint to it. It's safe. It just has a brownish tint to it. So we call it the River Jordan. Kevin said, because I went over to him and said, you know, I got Justin to go down and open the drain valve because he's tall, it's easy for him to reach it. And Kevin says, well, it's going to slurp and make some noises. I said, good. <laughs> good. Because I hate to be too religious that we're all freaked out about having something different happen. I think that when we come here, we should expect the presence of God and nothing else. When we come here, we should expect to be coming to a family and nothing beyond that. Yes, God will move. It's, a, it's actually a command of Scripture where two or more or three are gathered in His name. He is with us. I guarantee you there's more than two or three in His name here this morning. So I guarantee you He is with us this morning. It's interesting, uh, we sang, what was it, uh, praise His name, O oh my soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. So what we do when we sing that is our mind, our thoughts are to praise him. Our will, our desires are to praise him. It doesn't mean you can't have desires. Our desires praise him. We celebrate him for everything that we have, we celebrate him. And our emotions are to praise him. Because the Word of God knows if you have depression or struggle with it, praise is the best antidote. It's better than any medicine. It's pretty hard to be depressed while praising, if it's true praise. But it's interesting, you know, as I share this morning, and I know that uh, uh, time-wise, but, and you know what, I wanted the, meet, the, the morning to go how his time clock wanted it to go. Oh boy, we could cookie cutter things, but how many of you know God's not a cookie cutter? I have no idea if he cuts cookies or he likes cookies, I don't know, but he's not a cookie cutter in his church. He's never established his throne here on earth, his kingdom come, his will be done. He hasn't established that in you and me to clone everybody else. We're actually not to be cloned. You could never be cloned. We're created in his image. 
It actually means when you look in the mirror and don't think you're beautiful, there's a lie coming to you. You're actually beautiful. And you don't need all the makeup. I mean, some of you may be a little more than others, but you don't need all the makeup. You don't need the fancy hair. You don't need all that to be beautiful. He saw you as beautiful. He created you in his image, which is beautiful. And everyone is created uniquely and diversely in his beauty to be his beauty on this earth. It's an amazing thing. That's what I love about individuals. You know, uh, they come with different mixes of the giftings because no one is the same. I guarantee you no one is the same. I look at all of you. You all look different. Sometimes if I need to laugh, I try to imagine everybody's nose be a lot bigger. (laughs) Just because you look at the nose and you think, what on earth was God thinking? Like I understand if it's raining, you can still breathe, so that's a good thing. You look at the ears and you look at the way he formed our faces and we kind of, well, you know, some people spend a lot of money to change their nose, which is fine. You want to do that, whatever. Just don't do it because it makes you more beautiful because you're already beautiful. Because Hollywood's not beauty. <laughs> Jesus called a group of onlookers, he actually called them hypocrites because they could, not, they could discern the weather, but they couldn't discern the spiritual times. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 1. Matthew 16, starting in verse 1. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him, that's testing Jesus, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. They came, and the test was that Jesus would show a sign from heaven. I am glad that we don't have a mindset of testing the legitimacy of someone preaching the word by their signs. I'm glad that we don't just go to a conference for a sign, because the scripture is really clear that it's a bad place to be. Verse 2, and so Jesus answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. It's interesting because I I have a captain's rating, a captain's license for yachts. Uh, That's what I did. I sold yachts. I raced yachts. I did the Victoria Maui offshore yacht race. I used to deliver mega yachts in different parts of the world. Now I'm a pastor. I could be on the Caribbean sitting and in control of $100 million right now, but here I am with you. (laughs) If I'm not here next week, you might wonder. And I won't be, actually. I'm in Alberta ministry, so... (laughs) Oh, me... Oh, goodness. Where was I going? Oh, yeah. Red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky and morn, sailors take warn. It's actually a direct response to the Scripture because the Scripture is a direct response and is the truth. Red sky at night, when the sun is setting and there's moisture in the air, a front is coming. And the moisture refracts the sunlight and it turns a bright red but it's not going to hit you 
I'm sorry, it's actually moisture leaving. Red sky at night, sailor's delight. It's the moisture leaving. Red sky in the morning means moisture is coming in the air, and it refracts the sunlight. You see, the Word of God created the physical natures. His Word created gravity. It created everything that you have around. And so the, Jesus is talking to these people because these leaders came to him and tested him by showing a sign. And he says at the end of verse 3, middle of verse 3, hypocrites. Wow. You probably don't like pastors calling people or you hypocrites. That wouldn't be good for church growth. I never learned that in how to grow a church. You see, Jesus wasn't as interested in church growth as he was people's growth. And he wasn't willing to sacrifice the truth of the word for the sake of a full congregation. Listen, because there's great churches and great denominations willing to sacrifice truth for the sake of filling their doors, their seats. Well, you know what? As long as I'm alive... And part of this team, that ain't going to happen here. We're going to stand on the Word of God. And we're going to love you right out of your sin. Amen. Hypocrites. You know what that word hypocrites is? Hippocrates. It actually means, it's different than our terminology of hypocrite in English. Hippocrates actually means stage actor under an assumed character. That's the Greek. And so he's talking to the leaders, the preachers, the pastors, the, the leaders, the priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, who are actually leading the church in the old covenant law. But see, Jesus was the new covenant. He was coming with a fresh message. He was coming with a, a new life once again, a new freedom once again for his people. That a priest can't save you. That a, a priest can't forgive you from your sins. I can't forgive you from your sins. I can forgive you, but I can't forgive you from your sins. Only God can do that. And so he's actually looking at the leaders of the synagogues of the day and he says, hypocrites, you stage actors. You're assuming a character that's not really you. You're assuming a leadership that's not really you. You're assuming a godly lifestyle, but I know what happens behind the doors. Guess what? You and I are his priestly sons and daughters. And I want to encourage us this morning. Don't be an actor. I say hypocrites. <laughs> Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be an actor, a hypocrites. Don't be one. Don't look good on the outside, but all things hidden on the inside. That's not what he died for. That's not what he rose again for. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. You know how to discern 
what our country looks like, but you don't know how to discern what the kingdom of God looks like. (laughs) You know how to get wrapped up and tied up on all the problems and the issues, but you don't know how to discern the supernatural seasons of the kingdom of God that is here and present right now that has all power and has all authority in our lives if we let him. Because if we just spend all our time dwelling on the problems and the issues, I guarantee you, you don't understand his kingdom. You know to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Verse 4, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he let them, left them and departed. See, Jesus wanted the people to recognize. Wasn't so worried about the times of the physical. He wanted his people to recognize. And his teachers and his preachers and his pastors and his priests. He wanted them to recognize and be teaching not on the times of the day, but on the times of his kingdom. On the seasons of his kingdom. It's absolutely amazing. It's why you don't hear me spend tons of time preaching against our government. Because somehow... God knew they were going to get elected. And somehow the decisions are being made. But he has a plan, my Father God has a plan. And so I pray for them every day. I pray for them, both unsaved and saved. I pray for them to have an encounter. We had a, a, a leadership breakfast yesterday morning here downstairs, and we actually prayed that, that our prime minister would have an encounter of God and that every political leader across Canada would have an encounter of his presence and his glory. Can you imagine what Canada would be? Whew. I go after that. I don't come to my son. And look at him and say, you're a mess. Like, you're just unbelievable. Like, I can't believe you make those decisions. How on earth could you figure that out? Like, seriously, are you kidding me? That is the dumbest thing. Matter of fact, I'm going to start protesting you. I'm going to fight you. And even to the point where some believers online hate and call him names. I struggle with that. I'll be honest with you. I can't stand what's going on in our government. I really can't. It's antichrist. But I don't have the right to call a sinner that doesn't know better. I don't have the right to blaspheme, ridicule, curse them. No, what my right is, I have to look at them and say, you are amazing. You have the power of the nations. I pray for wisdom in the decisions of my family, but of our leadership. And I do pray. My hand's not on my son anymore. I do pray for a change. (laughs) But I'd be fine with no change if they had an encounter with Jesus. 
So Jesus seemed to consider Christianity without the supernatural or awareness of the spiritual realm as hypocritical or leading to hypocrites. He seemed to consider that the Christianity, the Christians that have no desire to learn of the supernatural realm, but only try to live a lifestyle of religion, call them hypocritical. Many of us think that the ability to see into the supernatural realm is more the result of a special gift. I don't believe so. I believe it's open for everybody. You might not see, but you might sense. Have you, has anyone in this room ever sensed the presence of God? Put your hand up. You felt something. You sensed something. Maybe you've seen. Maybe you have eyes to see, and you can see into the supernatural. Maybe you've seen angelic realms. Maybe you've had visions. Maybe you've had dreams. Maybe you've had different things. We need in these seasons and times to understand that the physical times never dictate the supernatural, but the supernatural will always dictate the physical. He addressed this charge to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the rulers of the day, and he said they are required to see and quit being an actor. Trying to act a position that you don't actually have. They were blind in his domain. They couldn't see this kingdom of God at hand because of their own corrupted hearts, and they were judged for the unfulfilled potentials that they carried. He would have never called them that if they would have been walking and searching for the truth. I believe the born-again experience that we have when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, it actually enables us to see from the heart. Our conscience starts to come alive even greater. A heart that does not see is considered a hard heart. Faith was never intended simply to get us into the family. It was intended to be the life of the family. Faith is what makes the life in this family so enjoyable. Faith, when we come gathered in faith, it's what makes us celebrate as a family. Faith sees, has eyes to see. Faith brings his kingdom and its resources into focus. Jesus commanded us in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first what? The physical? Seek first what? The problems? Seek first all the issues? No. 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 Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, all his righteousness starts to pour into you and things will be added to you, added to you, added to you. Colossians 3 verse 2, Paul said, Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Paul knew. He had an encounter uh, walking on the road. He knew the supernatural realm. He was probably one of the apostles that pushed the hardest on our eyes to see the supernatural kingdom, the heaven at hand, the touchable realm. Even the demonic knows there's a supernatural realm. They operate in it. So if you believe there's demons, you better believe there's angels. Because there's twice as many angels as there is demons. If you believe the demonic realm has power, you better believe the, the realm of God's kingdom has greater power. 
Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, Paul said, while we do not look at the things which are seen, we don't look at the physical, but at the things which are not seen, this kingdom of heaven at hand. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Bible clearly instructs us to turn our attention towards the invisible realm, not the physical, that we're not supposed to stay so focused on the physical. We're not supposed to build our ministry actually on the physical realm. Because if you build your ministry or your things on the physical realm, when the physical realm changes, you've got to change your whole ministry. When you build it on the kingdom of heaven at hand, you keep preaching, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Most people tend to prefer the material world. But we need to restore the supernatural realm back to the church. Jesus told us that he only did what he saw his father do. We need to only do what we see our father do. We need to only hear what we hear our father say. We only need to speak what our father spoke. This incredible insight is absolutely critical for those who want more. You want more? Put your hand up if you want more. If you don't want anything, put your hand up. No, I'm just kidding. We'll pray for you. <laughs> I want more. I want it all. We are greedy. Yep. For his presence, absolutely. I want to come to his banqueting table every single day and eat, 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 because I don't get fat. I get full of his presence. I wanted more. I want more. I want more of the supernatural. I want to see more. I want to do more. Kevin actually saw a whole row of angels come in this morning all holding the candle. Didn't know what it's about. Still don't know what it's about. The whole row of angels came in. It wrecked him and wrecked me during worship, holding the candle. I said, well, uh, next week starts Advent Sunday. I said, that's interesting. Maybe we're starting a week late. No, I was kidding. The first candle. Love. God is very committed to teaching us how to see. It's kind of like... A blind man comes to Jesus and wants to see. And what does Jesus do? (laughs) 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 Makes this amazing mud pie and smears it on the guy's eyes. That would be intriguing if we did something like that on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Oh, I bet it would make the internet go nuts. Guess what they're doing at Windward now? Spitting in people's eyes. No, only if, if you have a real big sinus cold, you can come up and spit. I'm just kidding, that's terrible. It's interesting, I grew up in the Amazon jungles of South America. I was born in Bogota, Colombia. My parents were missionaries with a mission group called Wycliffe, or Wycliffe Bible Translators. They were missionaries, actually, my dad was the very first pilot of Wycliffe from 1951. And uh, so I grew up down in South America. I lived in the Amazon, um, didn't wear shoes, wore shorts, and ran around, stepping on the boas. Actually, we had pet boa constrictors. We had pet everything. 
had pet caterpillars, pet tarantulas, pet boas. Had to have some pet chickens to feed the pet boas, the little chicks. And, you know, the normal kids' upbringing, right? Didn't have a clue what tonkas were or anything else. We just had snakes and animals and critters. I don't even know why I was bringing that up, but there was a reason. Let me just process for a minute. I didn't know better. I thought it was normal. Until one year we flew home and we landed in Miami, Florida. And I stepped out of the airport and boy, the world was fast. I had never seen a car drive like that. They were flying. I mean, man, we're in the Amazon jungle. My family was blessed to actually have a car. It was an old Opal. I think it never got out of first gear because our roads were all dirt and didn't have much roads. We just lived on a mission base. But you know what? I saw things as a young child, supernaturally, that blew my mind. My dad was flying out over the jungles of the Amazon. And on his way, he saw, on one of the trips, saw smoke coming up out of the trees. So he marked it on his map. He actually charted most of the Amazon charts for aircraft that the Peruvian Air Force used for many, many years. Had a little signature of my dad on the bottom because my dad was best friends with the Peruvian Air Force uh, general. He flew out. He realized there's smoke coming up from the jungle. That means there's a tribe there. You can't see them because the Amazon jungle, the trees are 100, 150 feet tall, so packed in, but you see smoke. I won't say the whole story, but he, he named the tribe the Mayaruna tribe. One time, two Mayarunas got captured by the, by the military. Usually when the gas pipelines and, and the companies would go in, these are head-shrinking tribes. These are... Naked men, they have a little G-string holding up something, and that's it, just a little rope around, a little string around. Women, just a little, they make a mini skirt out of bark. They take a special tree, the bark of a tree, and they pound it and pound it until it becomes soft. They call themselves the tiger people. They have tattoos of tiger teeth along their jaws. They'd stick out of a certain bamboo tree. Uh, they would get these long spiky pieces and they would stick it through their lips and they'd hang down or hang up like whiskers. They would take tobacco and they would blow it straight into the sinuses of the men, the warriors. They'd be stupefied. They would take yucca root or yucca, what do you guys call it? Yucca? I call it yucca. 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 Yucca root. They would take that raw and they would chew it everybody would sit around in the tribe they'd chew it and they'd spit it into this big bowl and the saliva would ferment the yucca and in three days it would create a a drink called masato and then they'd all drink the masato that's how i grew up how'd you grow up
Can someone go get, um, there's an Amazon book by the National Geographic on my desk. And so the, the government captured two Mayarunas without killing them because normally they would all be shooting arrows at the, at the pipeline people so the military would be there to protect the pipeline people. But the Mayarunas and all the tribes, they just were protecting their lands. They've never seen civilization before. And so they're shooting their bows and arrows and usually the, the military would just This man sat in my house when I was a kid. These two men became like sons to my dad, also in our house. probably a shirt my dad gave the guy. National Geographic came down and interviewed us. Photo by Charles Ralph Borthwick. That's my dad. Who heard a call. In 1951, with his new bride, my wife, my mom, sorry, my mom. For how will the people hear if no one is sent? That was a scripture that caught my mom and dad. How will they hear? I don't know. You go out that door, how, how do the people hear? Think they're all going to come in here? No. Someone has to send you out there to be the gospel of Jesus. To change the country. Starting with you first. To be able to hand the legacy to their kids, your kids. To have them be able to sit and minister with all their children in the house. And grandbabies, I watched, I leaned over to Sharon, my wife, this morning, and little Charlie, who's he named after? Charles Ralph Borthwick. Oh, my mom and dad are long in heaven. But their legacy lives on. Jesus Christ, he died and rose again. He's long in heaven. But his legacy lives on. You are his legacy if you choose to be. You are his legacy. And you are responsible to be the generation to carry his legacy to the next people around you. That's our responsibility. We can't do it in religion, in a box. Well, you have to do it my way.
No. You be you. If his presence is in you, you be you. Well, Brent, what's your structure look like for Windward Ministries? What structure? Well, you have a statement of faith? Yeah. You can look online. Pretty straightforward. We had to do that to let the Canadian government accept it. I don't think they would have accepted. We don't have a statement of faith. Our statement of faith is B-I-B-L-E. It's him and his word that through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you believe in him, you will be saved. It does say that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It actually says in our, our actual constitution that we're to use airplanes, jets, boats, cars, everything to preach the gospel, television to preach the gospel. What legacy are you leaving? Well, no one left me a legacy. So, what legacy are you leaving? Because someone did leave you, leave you a legacy. His name is Jesus the Christ. He left you a legacy. As a son and a daughter of him, you are, he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. That makes you a prince or a princess. Male, prince, princess, female. That's where I believe. David knew it. King David, how did he know it? Psalms 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is my right hand, I shall not be moved. Are we willing to set him before us always? I'm not talking salvation. I'm talking are we willing to set him and his presence before us always? Are we ready for all that God has for us? Because you know what? None of us know what it's going to fully look like. Well, we know it'll be bathed in love, wrapped in forgiveness, wrapped in restoration, wrapped in power, wrapped in authority, wrapped in signs and wonders. His presence, His glory, our praise upon our lips will be for His name. His name. Let's all stand. The privilege of worship is a great place for all of us to start growing in an abandoned love for Jesus Christ. In worship, we must learn to pay attention to this God-given ability to see the kingdom of heaven that is at hand. It's our responsibility to go after it. It's our responsibility to be absorbed in his word, transformed by the renewing of our mind to the mind of Christ Jesus. It's our responsibility. It's not mine for you. I teach the word. I preach the word. Every teacher and preacher in this house, we preach the word. But it's your responsibility to be you in his presence and his glory. 
And the amount you get to eat is subject to the desires of your heart on how much you want to eat of his word. Eat at the banqueting table of his glory. His kingdom come. It has come. His will be done. His will is being done on earth. What are you and I created from? The dust of the earth, Adam, was created from the dust of the earth. His kingdom come, his will be done in you and me on earth as it is in heaven. The one prayer that Jesus asked us to pray, one only prayer, I would rather pray that prayer for your food than some repeated remedial thing. Imagine just before you're ready to eat that double Big Mac. <laughs> you should pray the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> your kingdom come, your will be done. That when I eat this Big Mac, I ain't going to die. I ain't going to gain no weight either. No cholesterol, no calories. Oh, maybe the Lord might speak. Don't eat the double Big Mac. See, I always get hungry at the end of the message. That's why I start talking about food. As we worship in purity of heart, we begin to see. We begin to see. Things that happen around us that are miraculous every day. My wife, she senses it. Many times I see it. I'm a seer. I see it. I see that supernatural kingdom. I see that realm many times. She senses it. Usually if I start seeing it, she has already responded to it by her sensing the Lord's presence. Who wants to see? Who wants more? Who wants more of his presence? Who wants more of his glory? Well, I got all my hands, all my feet, and my ten toes up right now. Oh, as I get older, it's harder to bend. I want more. And you know what? I have chosen to get more. I'm going after it. You ready to go after it? Because we are in the best season of our lives right now. We are in the best season of the church right now. There's a whole world out there looking for something. And you and I have the answer. It's his word. It's his son, Jesus the Christ. Let's bow our heads. Father, we pray right now. We hunger for more, Lord God. I'm hungry for more. I want more. I want more of you. I'm not content with what I had. I want more of you, Father. We have entered a season that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt there are miraculous signs and wonders that have been waiting a long time to happen that are ready to be released upon your people. I know that, Lord God. We're going to see cancers flee. We're going to see tumors disappear. We're going to see backs healed and restored. 
but most importantly, even beyond a physical healing, is we're going to see people walking in those front doors that need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they're going to receive the touch of your presence in this house. And I pray that every person that enters this house for the first time, second time, fifth time, hundredth time, thousandth time, I pray that every person will receive a touch of your glory and a touch of your presence in their lives. I ask you, Lord God, as we sing praises to you, that we will enter into a lifestyle of a worshiper. I ask, Lord God, that when we walk back out those doors, there is a flame that is lit under our feet that no enemy, no laws, no devil, no government is going to stop us. Because we are the victorious warriors. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right elbow or left elbow, something in the elbow. Just be healed right now in Jesus' name. Any pain, arthritic pain, go now in Jesus' name. It doesn't belong in our bodies. Uh, bad headaches, Jesus' name. I almost feel like someone has had a, a, a something in the brain, a surgery or, or something in the past uh, or needs to happen. We pray for the miracle of healing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We praise you. Thank you. Something about a business, uh, starting something out, actually a different form of business that someone else hasn't done. I feel like the Lord is saying, go after it, go after it, go after it, but remember where to give the glory. Because giving God the glory, literally, in, by inhibiting your praise, inhabiting your praise, God's glory manifests wisdom in the decisions of our businesses. In Jesus' name. I see a a tremendous wealth coming to the kingdom of God. Like, kingdom of God already owns all things, but I just see this wealth coming to his presence, coming to his people, coming to his churches, coming. And we need the wisdom to know what that looks like, Lord. Coming to his people. When the world is suffering and hurting financially, I just feel like God wants to bless his people. <laughs> just remember, if you receive a debt paid off, or you receive a financial blessing, or a financial gift, or an inheritance, remember who to celebrate. Remember who to celebrate. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Your name above all names. Jesus Christ, our living Lord and Savior, who's alive. <laughs> I thank you that a Huge part of the world celebrates Christmas. Christomas is what it is. That means more of Christ. The word Christmas means more of Christ. That's why the world wants to call it Xmas. Well, it's not Xmas, it's Christmas. It's about a birth. That's why the world wants to silence birth. But guess what? No. No, we're not silencing birth. We're believing in birth. Amen. I believe life in the womb, period. Whew. Whew. Get a little political. Shouldn't. It's actually not political. It's truth. It's not anything to do with politics. It's truth that sets us free. So I pray, Father, as we conclude this service today, that your presence and your glory will go before us in such a mighty way. I'm going to do something. I just feel the sense in my spirit. You want more, come up front. Not to receive prayer. 
just come up front. I'm going to stand up front too because I want more. I only say this because I sense in my spirit. As I was ready to close it, but and I, I'm closing it now, but I just sense in my spirit that sometimes we need to move the physical into the supernatural desires. And that takes motion. That takes movement. Come right up to the front. Father, we're hungry. We want more. We don't even know what the more looks like, but we want it. <laughs> it's better than any double Big Mac, I'll tell you that. It's even better than my Starbucks coffee, and that's amazing, okay? Way, way better than Tim Hortons, but close to my Starbucks. Kidding, kidding. Because we're hungry, Father. We're hungry for more. We want more. We don't even know what it looks like, but we're going after it because your truth sets us free. Your truth sets us free. Your word gives us freedom. Not word of man. Not word of the law of the government. Your truth. Your words, God, set us free. We ask for a renewed mind in Christ Jesus. Lose our minds, our earthly thought patterns. And renew our minds, renew our thoughts in Jesus' name. We're hungry. We don't want to miss it. We're hungry to see your kingdom come. Your will be done in our lives, in our earth. We're hungry. Hungry. I'm hungry for more, 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 more. I feel like you need to cry out, more. I want more, more, more of your presence, God. More of your glory, God. If you're sick, more of your healing touch, oh, Father. More, Father. More, Lord God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. You are with us. Our comforter. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seats of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates, in his word he meditates day and night. He will be a tree planted by the rivers of living water bringing forth fruit in its season. Whatever he does will prosper. Their leaves will never wither. For you are with us, O Lord. You are with us, O Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh. Yes, Lord, just sing it out. Sing something right now. Sing your praises to him. Sing it out. 
sing it out. Yes, we're hungry, Lord. Yes, we're hungry, Lord. just in a super clear vision right now of Jesus himself looking each one in his eyes looking at you in your eyes saying I love you I love you when I see you in pain I cry with you when I see you hurt, I cry and I weep with you. But know that my people wept and cried at the foot of the cross, says the Lord. But they rejoiced at my resurrection, says the Lord. feel like when Christ the emotion I'm sensing in the presence of God right now when a widow from the city called Maine was bearing her last and only child her son her husband had already died her sons had all died and this was her last son you have pain and sorrow death walking out of the city of Maine to bury her last son and on the other side of the road you have Jesus and his disciples and probably a thousand or two people following him, rejoicing, dancing, and singing to come into the church of name. You have praise, dancing, and celebration, meeting with depression, sorrow, and disaster, and pain. And I'm sure out of respect, the singing and the dancing went quiet as the funeral procession was leaving the city to bury the son. But there was another son, the son of God. And I'm sure the singing and dancing stopped, the people stopped to respect the funeral procession 
going out. And Jesus heard the cries of a woman. Oh, listen to me, please. The cries of a woman. Women, you got something that none of us men understand fully or could ever have. That's why you are integral in the church. And the cries of a widow, a woman, wailing, hopelessness, despair, feeling like the whole world has crushed her, has destroyed her, probably questioning God himself on whether he actually loves her anymore. And Jesus hears this widow weeping and sobbing and crying. And he walks up to her and touches her. And all the worshipers were probably thinking, no, don't touch her because we're going to celebrate and she's in sorrow. And he says to her, woman, don't cry. Please don't cry. I tell you, there's one thing that I know that moves the mountains of God is when a mother or a woman, a wife cries for their family. And at that moment, that woman probably, who knows what she thought. You don't have a, who gives you the right to tell me not to cry? This is my last son. My husband's already dead. I don't know what she thought. I have no idea. What do you mean don't cry? I have all the right in the world to cry. He says, don't cry. And then he walks over to the son, the dead body. And I'm sure his people are like, don't touch a dead body because the rabbinical law says for seven days you can't go into the church. You're unclean. As soon as you touch a dead body, you're unclean. Please don't touch it. We're on our way to the church. But not Jesus because compassion changes everything. And he told that young boy, get up. I'm telling every person who has ears to hear right now, if there's been anything that feels dead in you, get up. If your faith has felt weak, get up. And one of the first things that young man would have seen when he opened his eyes from death, he opened his eyes and he would have seen the Savior Jesus looking down at him. And that boy spoke. And what would that widow, that mother, have thought? Is that my son? Is that my son? And he gave her child back to her. This is prophetically speaking to women right now. not talking physically, maybe it is. I'm talking something 
vision, dreams that were birthed in you. He's giving them back to you. Something that you know, a desire that you've had, giving back to you. If you're willing to hear the voice of the vision, the voice of the dream, the voice of your children. In celebration and praise, what happened to the whole funeral procession when that boy got out of the coffin and was given back to his mother? What happened? Sorrow was gone. Pain was gone. The joys of the Lord became their strength just like that. Because God's presence and the presence of the Lord guarantee turns. Our lives into lives of praise if we're willing to hear his voice. I think he's talking to men right now. Men, you've had vision and dreams. You thought it wasn't going to happen. I'm speaking to you, says the Lord. Resurrect the dreams and the visions. For in the last days I will pour my spirit out on all flesh, and the sons and daughters will prophesy, and the men, old men, will dream dreams. I will restore the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. Start to declare it and walk in it, says the Lord. Enemy, you have no rights on the people. Lies of the devil, get out. In Jesus' name, get out of the minds right now. Everyone's getting a renewed mind in Christ Jesus. The hurts and the pains get out now in Jesus' name. For we receive the joy and the celebration of our Lord. I really don't know what to do next been here a long time this morning well not really about as long as it would take you to go to a movie I'm glad we got our priorities right this morning I don't know what to do that's okay because I think you just have to work with the Lord today just be in his presence I'm not even looking for the Big Mac anymore. We're going to end with singing. At the end of the service, we'll have a prayer team up here if you want prayer. If you're up here with your family, if you're up here with your husband and wife, just 
put your arm around them, love on them. If you're up here single, go find somebody that you'd like to marry and hug on them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tell you what, if you're going to find someone, find them in the church, amen? A whole lot better than the other options out there. Father, we pray a blessing on each one that is here today, each one watching online. We bless each one, each family, each relationship. We bless them. And we say, for this is the day that the Lord has made. In this day, we will rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> we will rejoice and be glad. That means we got to smile once in a while, people. Even if your teeth don't look good, just smile. Just smile. Doesn't matter. Missing a few teeth, whatever. Just smile. Make sure the dentures are held in place and don't pop out. But just smile. Have some joy, people. You know what? The church is a joyful place. It's a joyful place. Oh, oh. Be stoic. No smiling, no laughing in the church building. No, that's a lie of the devil. Happy and smile. Hug somebody. It's a good thing. It's, they say smiling is healthy. It uses more muscles. It's good. And prepare... Your inheritance now. Don't wait till you die because you can't do nothing about it then. Because your inheritance that I'm talking about has nothing to do with money. It has to do with something that money cannot buy. It's the love and the presence of God. Build your inheritance. Be that presence, that love, and that grace. Sing and rejoice. Dance and be happy. For this is your day. And when you wake up tomorrow, this will be your day tomorrow. And when you wake up on Tuesday, this will be your day. Even Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Chief Tadidi of the Mayaruna tribe, the fiercest witch doctor. 17 human shrunken heads and hanging in his hut. I got to look at when I was a child. How did you grow up? They have a way of cutting the skin off, boiling the skull down to real small and sewing the skin back on, hanging by their hair from his rafters. Became best friends with my dad, the first one. First one to give his life to Jesus in the tribe. He became the greatest evangelist of that region. He went back to every family that he had murdered their husbands and stole the wives. 
every tribe he could go to, he went back carrying his New Testament. Preaching the gospel. Wycliffe's largest plane, a DC-3 that my dad flew, was called Tahiti. I have, I'll bring some time. I have Tahiti, Chief Tahiti's blowgun at home. Some of his, his bow and his arrows and one of his drums I have at home. Build your kids' inheritance in the presence of God. Love unconditional. Forgive all things. Thank you.